Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Emerson Beery, and I am joined by Justin Bruni today. How you doing, my man? Good, good. Happy Sunday. Doing well. Good morning. How are you? Oh, you know, you know, I usually complain, you know, about my how I'm feeling, you know, after a bartending shift this early in the morning on Sundays. That's usually my typical intro, I'm sure, you know, if I go back and listen to them all. But today I'm going to, you know, I, got, I took a knife to the leg this week. I actually was carried out of the bar on, on the stretcher this week. You know, it was a little bit of a wild event. One of my crazier restaurant stories was dropping some plates and I was I was trying to catch the plates up against the wall. Yeah. You know, I, I ended up the only thing I ended up catching was the knife in my leg. So Damn. it was it was one of the steak knives, serrated steak knives. So I couldn't get it out. I tried to pull it out. Nope, that wasn't coming. So the ambulance had to come and everything. Went to the emergency room. That's How that's about? an operation, man. That's uh that's take answering the call of duty to the you know the next level. <laughs> I uh I don't I don't I don't hate it. You're you're feeling good now after taking uh, yeah. a knife to the leg. Yes, I am feeling good. I'm I, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit. I'm getting around a little bit slow, but I'm I'm moving around. I've been working the last couple of days. I only took one day off of work, and I'm back to it. So you're you're not like Ricky Bobby. You will walk again, or you have walked again. <laughs> I know that that you know that's exactly. I was texting everybody, and that's all I got back. You know, I was just like you know, all was Ricky Bobby gifts. You know, him just yeah. yelling and him stabbing himself like, oh. <laughs> then freaking out. So. That, that's been that's been my life this week. I've been I've that's been tough. limping around struggling. That's, stuff. that's that's a week. That's a week. Uh, <laughs> I've had a rough week with car dealerships. I won't dive too far into that, but it sounds like we're in a good place to end our week. We're in a good like, spot. We're talking football. We're talking fantasy. It's always a good thing. Absolutely. Here we go. And uh, before we get started on some rookie landing spots, I just want to tell you, give a sh- quick shout out to our friends over at WinBet, the sports gambling uh, podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. The entire Saturday sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Colby over on YouTube slash Sports Gambling Podcast. All right. So, you know, the rookie draft uh, is just right around the corner for most people. You know, I start mm-hmm. all of mine on the Monday after the draft, at least all the 12 leagues that I commission. And, you know, some of them are float okay. around there. All of them are after the NFL draft. So I do not envy the people who, you know, do you have any rookie drafts before the NFL draft actually starts? No, I have zero. I have zero. That's 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 taking things to be, be a little bit more aggressive. And there's so many things that are, that are going to change. You know, we all love Brees Hall, but. Kenneth Walker still finished with the best running back stats last year for rookies. You know, it's tough. You know, and unless you're like an event, you know, unless you guys are real play, you know, everyone's advanced. I just don't see the, the necessary, you know, necessity of taking advantage of somebody. You know, I like to consider myself plugged in, but you know, there are a lot of people that aren't paying attention, particularly as much as time of your landing spot is right. going to crash so many of these things. I just rather not take the risk, have everybody with a full slate of information. I start at like the mm-hmm. Monday after the NFL draft though. So there's not a lot of time to process that information. So yeah. If you know you're in, if you know you're in leagues with people that are are sharps like yourself that are plugged in, I think that's that's totally appropriate. But I think it should be fun, and you know, this yeah. is more fun. It's more fun to do it after the landing spots for sure. Yeah, I mean, there was times Hakeem Butler got got. I've I've seen him. I saw him go number one in the February rookie draft, and then you know he ends up going to be in a sixth, seventh round pick. So that's how it goes. It's terrible. It's awful. Well, we'll dive into Bijan Robinson here. Mm-hmm. landing spots for you know i projected him to go you know somewhere i don't know how you think about this somewhere in that 15 to 25 range so okay some of the better landing spots that i had for him 
Dallas Cowboys, New yep. Orleans Saints, and Cincinnati Bengals, all with strong incumbent starters, but all guys toward mm-hmm. the end of their career, all guys, you know, they could possibly be moved on from this offseason. Oh, well, not, not Tony Pollard necessarily. Tony Pollard would be there until next year. But mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon on the way out a little bit. I would love, you know, although maybe, you know, either of these guys might be playing a little bit beside him the first year, I think, the, you know, going into 2024, these would all be just fantastic landing spots, run heavy offenses behind good offensive lines. Yeah, you, so you said the Bengals, the Saints, and the Cowboys, right? Yeah, Saints like and Cowboys are the run-heavy ones, at least. Yeah, I, I definitely like the Cowboys, obviously, with Ezekiel Elliott moving on, and the only move they've made so far is Ronald Jones. So, yeah, I think that's that would be a, a very appropriate move. I would like that. Um, I did have another running back landing in Dallas a little bit later, but I think Bijan would be a good spot for him, um, or Dallas would be a good spot. They're going to be a, a very pass-heavy offense. I, my assumption would be who's – he would catch a lot of passes in that offense alongside Tony Pollard, who would still be coming back from injury. The Bengals are also interesting. It sounds like as every day passes, it's more and more clear that Joe Mixon will most likely not be a Bengal this upcoming season, which was a bit of a surprise, it feels like. But I feel like as the days go on, it will feel more like normalized uh, behavior or anticipation. Uh, so that's a decent one. I've also seen them shopping around for a released Zeke Elliott, potentially. Um, so Bijan, I think, would be a much better upgrade we'll say you know for that offense you know thinking about jamar chase t higgins Bijan, joe burrow that would be that would be absolutely insane i had a little bit of an earlier adp so i went um like falcons bears eagles in the in the top oh, okay. 10 so i i got i got things you know kicking off the draft with a little bit more fireworks um but i did circle some names after that in the, in the later rounds like the cowboys i did have them at 26 potentially taking them if he doesn't fall or I'm sorry, if he doesn't go earlier. Uh, and also the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have been rumored to him at 19. Uh, that, that kind of fit in that mold of yours as well, that 15 to 19 range. Um, Falcons, Bears, and Eagles, I, I feel like they have a need at the top of the draft. But again, it feels very rich. Like, are these NFL GMs grading Bijan Robinson like an, an Adrian Peterson who was drafted, I think, number seven or number eight? I can't quite come you know, off the top of my head. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. But if they're you know, gauging him at that level, then I, I certainly think that the Falcons, Bears, and Eagles are on the table. You have the Bears and the Eagles, two of the best rushing teams from last season, and then I feel like the Falcons just have an incredible need. I like Tyler Algier, but Bijan Robinson would be a huge, huge upgrade. Yeah, that that would be a lot in the Bears' backfield. You know, I I've always I've told you why I don't. You know, I was, I'll give you the same reason. I I would if I was the Bears, I wouldn't draft Bijan Robinson for the same reason I was telling you I wouldn't sign Saquon Barkley if I was the Bears. It's mm-hmm. because you have such a talented runner back there in Justin Fields already. Mm-hmm. You know, you are really dedicating so much of your offense to to, to rushing to rushing the football in a, in today's NFL where it's a little bit more of a passing league. I'm not saying you can't be a run heavy team in today's NFL, but you know having you know, Bijan Robinson having Justin Fields back there, you know, it's it's definitely going to be, you know, I feel like, you know, the pass attempts, you know, going to be few, a little bit fewer and far between, probably sub, you know, 25 to 30 attempts a game for sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just wonder if that works in today's NFL necessarily, you know, obviously we saw the Tennessee Titans kind of operate that with to a certain extent a couple of years ago that really rushed heavy offense. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill's, you know, a little bit more of an advanced passer at the stage than Justin Fields is. But we'll see. Finally got DJ Moore for him, but I won't di- dive into that tangent. But, um, yeah, you know, I actually had Tampa Bay as a bad landing spot, okay. and I'll tell you why in a second. But yeah, I, I would be interesting to see where he goes in the draft. You know, I, top ten is certainly a possibility. 
we'll see. You know, I, I guess I was like th- thinking what NFL teams should do, considering it's the running back position. But, you know, it's Bijan Robinson. So we could certainly see him go top 10 for sure. Some of these poor landing spots I had included Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Washington Commanders. And I, I just mm-hmm. didn't love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because you know, I feel like, you know, the offense is kind of on its way downhill a little bit. You know, if, if they end up selecting a running back in the first round, you know, I just don't know where they slot in that NFC South, even in a poor NFC South. So, you know, it's it'd be Kyle Trask trying to, or I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield trying to force the ball out on the outside to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You know, right. Bijan, it's just a, it's a lot of playmakers on the outside for just having a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just seems like when you have a quarterback like that, no matter how effective, you know, your skill position players are, you'd have Bijan Robinson and two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. It still wouldn't move and it would just kind of create a target kind of hog situation or, you know, there's just not enough of the ball to go around. So, you know, that that's just kind of my worry about there, you know. Without uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, you know, that would be worth But even with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, I don't love the Baltimore Ravens j- presence of J.K. Dobbins and a rushing quarterback already. That's mm-hmm. why I wouldn't love the Bears necessarily either for B. John Robinson's fantasy value, uh, that is. And then the Washington Commanders, just kind of that lackluster, unexciting offense, you know, with likely, say, you know, either Sam Howell or – I'm sorry, who did they just sign? Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, yeah. Jacoby yeah. Brissett as well. One of those two starting. Uh, so that, that you know, that's just not an exciting offensive situation for me. Um, Brian Robinson is there as well, probably. That's just crowded. It's, you know, they have Brian Robinson. They have yeah. Antonio Gibson. I mean, <clears throat> a bad a bad landing spot for him is anywhere where there's already an established run game, you know? Yeah. And, I wouldn't you know, want to see him go to Green Bay. I don't think that's a good idea. It's certainly yeah. on brand for the Packers, <laughs> but it's not going to make a great fantasy football. I'll tell you that. Um, no. Yeah, I, I don't want to see him go anywhere where there's established running backs. Is he your dynasty RB1 already? Mm. Dynasty, yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough with, with CMC already getting up there in age. I mean, he's already tracked down a lot of miles. If you're playing the long game, yeah, that's, that, that, that's the way to go. Okay, so is there any landing spot that would push you off of that? That would like any any place mm-hmm. he goes where he's not the dynasty RB one. Again, it's just anywhere where there's a crowded backfield. You know, if he goes, so for- yeah, if he goes to the Browns, you know, if if they're like, all right, no Kareem Hunt, no Dearness Johnson, we'll bring in Bijan behind Nick Chubb, and you know, let yeah. them just you know be a dual attack, and they've done that before. That would not be ideal, right? Like that would not be fun. Um, if I saw him go to the Patriots. Ouch, Jesus Christ. That would be that would be awful. Ramondre Stevenson, okay. Bijan. They just added Dame Harris. Like it, it would be super annoying, you know. So it, just anywhere where there's a crowded situation, yeah, it's it's not going to be fun for fantasy. I don't know if those honestly, I I still don't know if those options would make me move off of him at 101. It's just very exciting. You're obviously getting all the fresh legs and miles to come. And again, the you know, these CMC and Eckler who are typically going up going at the top. They've got a lot more miles on them, a lot more touches. Jonathan Taylor's still there, but coming off an injury, that that's that's tougher to trust. So right now, it's a kind of a precarious situation at the top of the running back board for uh, for Dynasty. For me, nothing would push me off of Bijan as my Dynasty RB one, but there is some some small fluctuation. Like I said, next mm-hmm. up here, I have Anthony Richardson. I had his draft range from you know anywhere from like three to fifteen, really. Mm-hmm. So my best landing spots involved him not playing right away necessarily. So Seattle Seahawks, Detroit Lions, and Atlanta Falcons. You know, Seattle and Detroit coming off the successful seasons. But, you know, are they going to draft this high again? You know what I mean? So they have early draft picks, but very good teams. 
you know, so, you know, they're, they're going to be pushing for the playoffs this year. So they're looking at years down the line mm-hmm. of being able be drafting in the top 10 again. Are they, would they go with a quarterback considering that Jared Goff and Geno Smith aren't very high ceiling quarterbacks. We've, kind of, we've seen, we've seen them for a long time. There's, there's, there's probably not an all pro season coming at least. So mm-hmm. we know that from them, but you know, they are probably likely happy with their quarterback situation. He could sit on the bench this season. Atlanta Falcons, not quite as an established starter, but Desmond Ritter could very well play week one. And then you would still have Drake London and Kyle Pitts there. You know, I think there's some exciting weapons on this team. I would love any of those landing spots. You know, do you have any favors in the top 10? How do you feel about those? For Richardson, I, I just feel like it's going to be very hard for him to fall out of that two or four spot. You know, the okay. Texans and the Colts are just so, so hungry for the position. I mean, the way things are right now, it's March 26th. We're about a month and a couple of days away from the draft. It feels like those guys are going to move forward with one of these younger quarterbacks. The market's pretty well shaken out at the quarterback position uh, right now, you know, in free agency, trade market. Obviously, Carson Wentz isn't going to either of these teams. So it it feels like Richardson's going to either go at two or he's going to go at four. I have him down at two to, to Houston. I just feel okay. like bringing in Bryce Young into Houston is going to be a sh- complete shit show. I don't know who he's going to pass to other than maybe Dalton Schultz and these running backs. He'll be running for his life. It'll be, you know, Baltimore, but, you know, Baltimore from like Lamar's rookie season, but not even close to that as far as logistics wise. Like they don't have the same type of play calling in, in, in place. Um, the skill positions are completely, completely down. Robert Woods, Nico Collins, John Mechie. Didn't they sign someone else? Uh, yeah, they did sign someone else. I'm trying to think of who it is. And another receiver. Yeah. And uh, another oh, receiver. Noah Brown. Noah, Noah Brown? Yeah. Like, uh, they brought in Devin Singletary. They still have Damian Pierce. That feels like a team that will run the ball a lot. And because Richardson still has that big arm of his, I feel like he can still give you that same type of plus running upside that Bryce Young will give you, but still be a worthwhile project, I, I suppose. And I, and I feel like he would start over – uh, David Davis Mills, but the NFL they they clearly have an admiration for for Bryce Young. He could go two, and you could see Richardson go four to the Colts. I like Young a little bit more on the Colts just because I feel like his run game can you know go can be tailored alongside Jonathan Taylor's run game a little bit. You know they can kind of you know combine both of those strengths that they have, and you know kind of balance that out with more than likely a lesser passing attack than what people are maybe assuming Bryce Young is going to bring to the NFL. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I wouldn't love that for Houston, actually. You know, I, I had kind of a different look toward it just because of the lack of weapons on the outside. I don't know. I don't think you'd want Anthony Richardson to go somewhere like Houston and try to develop as a passer in that offense. He's, you know, just being how raw of a passer he is, you know, you know, this is kind of like Justin Fields. Like this is exactly like Justin Fields last year. You know what I mean? Asking Justin Fields to op- I don't feel like that was fair last year. Asking mm-hmm. Justin Fields to develop as a passer, throwing to Brian Pringle and, you know, all these guys. So I just feel like that's exactly what Anthony Richardson would be walking into. But he's even less developed as a passer than Justin Fields is. Right. So, I mean, I just yeah, I mean, it would be a little bit rough for him to start off with. So I would be more comfortable with him going a better offense. I would actually prefer. You know, if I'm the Houston Texans, <clears throat> even though I think Bryce Young's a huge risk at his size, just, you know, just being such a massive outlier, I would, you know, Bryce Young actually makes a little bit more sense to me just because, 
you know, I think he can function, you know, in, in a passing offense already. Now his durability might not hold up. That 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 well, that's, that's very well could be. That's what I was going to get into because if I, as a Bears fan, I watched Justin Fields absolutely get his ass handed to him this season, and he is much more of an athlete than Bryce Young is strength size wise. Well, it's not even close. He was killed, dude. This guy, I mean, he was murdered. He was right. taking five to seven seconds almost after every sack to get up. If you have Bryce Young in that type of backfield. And again, like like you had just said, like you don't want Richardson coming in there. You really, if you're a quarterback, you're not going to develop much of a pass, uh, your your arm, if you will, in that offense, right? Those types of receivers, a low A dot tight end, and Dalton Schultz, nobody that's going to break open the field. Maybe John Mechie's a wild card, whatever. But you're going to be thrown to the tight end and your running backs quite a bit, right? So, but the, all that being said, like if Bryce Young is running for his life, he's going to have to just take like his own sacks. Like he's just going to have to like go down and give himself the Kyler Murray treatment and slide behind the goal line. Like I, yeah, I just don't know how that, how that's going to work. Like, and if he's running for his life on a Texans offense, his shelf life, you know, could be detrimental. You know, I, you know, where I think there's a couple differences. I think Houston's offensive line's a little better at this stage uh, going into this season than Chicago's was last year. And mm-hmm. I think Bryce Young's a little bit further along as a passer than Justin Fields. So I think you could might oh. be able to ask him to make some quicker reads, you know, just some quick read throws. So, you know, I think there could a lot be a lot of difficulties. And there, he just might not be able to hold up at the NFL. But I think his passing ability – could you know facilitate a little bit more offense he's not as raw of a passer as certainly as anthony richardson and i think he's a you know i think this is why we're drafted you know he he's such an electric arm talent bryce young that we're willing to draft this 510 guy who's 190 pounds so you know i i don't know man i i don't see it a lot of the big play a lot of the big arm throws that i've seen him make i just don't know if they translate to the next level i i, I really don't i i feel like a lot of the, a lot of these big arm plays that he's made checking out his highlight tapes. I feel like a lot of these plays are just interceptions in the, at the next level. Like that's, that's just how I feel. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, he's CJ Stroud, certainly my number one. And I think it's a toss up after that for me, but you know, for Houston, you know, I think, man, I, I just would hate it for it. You know, I guess, I guess we'll dive into those bad landing spots. I don't know if I had Houston for, for Anthony Richardson, just cause I'm so assuming that they're going to take, uh, I mean, Bryce Young, but it could again, my, for me, my bad landing spots are places where he's not going to start because I'm, I'm using a top pick in my rookie draft. I want I want somebody that's going to be able to go out there and give me starts because if I'm drafting with that with that type of priority, I need a quarterback. I, I, I probably need somebody that's going to be able to like at least get me a start week in and week out. And if not, then I might as well be packing up for another top five pick in Dynasty again. That I I do think you know you almost have to position you know almost one pick's never just going to save you so you almost have to position yourself in a lot of other areas and that's what I do <laughs> at least when I even have early picks up usually mm-hmm. my team's coming together so you know hopefully that's what a lot of teams are doing you know they have a lot of young pieces that were developing last year and it's not mm-hmm. just this one piece that's going to drive them up but you know I just think asking Anthony Richardson you know to come in right away I just don't think I just don't know if that's for I just. I just don't know if that's good for his long-term value. You know, if we're, if, you know, that's good for this season, but I don't know if Anthony Richardson is going to be starting three or four seasons from now. I Would think, you, you know, say I, the same thing about Bryce Young though? Like, is he going to come in and he's going to start day one for an NFL team? I think he's ca- a capable enough passer. Absolutely. I think okay. you know, it's it's just a question of whether or not he can hold up. I think, I think he, you know, if he was six foot three or six foot four, I think Bryce Young would be the unquestioned number one. It wouldn't, you know, he'd be, whether you take a Bijan Robinson or Bryce Young mm-hmm. at the one, one. Uh, so, and that's the other thing too, with this whole, like his pro day, like he's like, Oh, I'm going to throw today. 
but I'm not going to weigh in. Like the guy, like there's, there's this He's whole like 90 pounds. I, I understand that. So just weigh in, let the numbers be what they are, man. Like I, no, I can't do that. I can't actually show you how much I weigh because hey, then no one's going to draft you, me. You, you laugh. You laugh. The NFL is going to – it affects his draft stock. You laugh. For the, like, it's crazy. It, 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 the NFL thinks this way. So that's why these guys play all these weight games, and I and it sounds silly, but I actually understand it because the NFL, hey, they're going to let it affect them. If, if you're good, you'll just be good. Like, okay, so he weighs 10 pounds less. Does he go eight picks less than what he should? The fact of the matter is the Colts and the Texans need a quarterback. I don't think his weight's going to matter. If they think he's that good, he'll just be drafted. Like yeah, I'm just telling you, you know, that 204, you know, it, it's subconscious. It's subconscious. They'll see that 204 on the official sheet, and they'll be like, all right, two two picks, two's fine. You know what I mean? It's, it's all sub subconscious. It, it's all, um, But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting nonetheless. I'm very excited to see where these quarterbacks shake out and everything. So, But uh, I think some of the bad landing spots I have for Anthony Richardson were the Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots, and Washington Commanders. And, you know, these are offenses where I feel like, you know, this is where Anthony Richardson has to elevate the offense. And I don't want him to have to do that right away. You know, I want him to be able to depend on some good outside receivers, you know, Obviously, the commanders do actually have some talent on that team, but I just don't, you know, moving on possibly to a uh, new head coach after this season, you know, it's hard to picture Anthony Richardson coming in there and saving that team. So, you know, just just kind of a little bit of a mess right now. I know Eric Bieniemy is there, so that could end up turning into a solid landing spot, but it's particularly the uh, New England Patriots, Tennessee Titans. I just think, you know, this kind of a meh offense is trying to ask him to elevate those. That's not mm -hmm. for me. Have any other least favorite landing spots for you? Uh. You know, somewhere like the Cowboys, you know, if they decided they wanted a backup deck or something like that, just somewhere where it's just clear, like this dude is not getting on the field this season. Um, what's another one? The Vikings. You know, I don't know if they really love Keelan Mond. They've talked. Definitely. There's been discussions about moving on from Kirk Cousins. Never feels like it's a now conversation. It always feels like they're kind of like getting that plan in line. Yeah, just somewhere where I know he's not going to play. All right. Yeah, the. uh uh, the Minnesota Vikings, yeah, later on in the draft. You know, I, I, I don't picture neither of those teams necessarily probably investing in a round one quarterback. But if they did, yeah, uh, I actually would love I, I actually would love those. I, I told you I love these spots where he would get to develop behind a, a passer for a little bit. Well, I, I honestly think that's the best opportunity for any of these young quarterbacks other than Stroud. I mean, he's the only guy that I think that we just like have full trust in coming in day one that he's just going to be like, OK, yeah. He could be an like you know later R or RB QB two or you know you know potentially be a riser in that space. We'll see. Like I said, I think Bryce Young's there, but like I said, I think he might just end up folding just because there's I, Doug Flutie was the closest comparison I could find for uh, Bryce Young, and we know he wasn't well, the fantasy quarterback. That ever, like you know when you're watching the pro days and stuff, they're talking Russ Wilson, they're talking Drew Brees. That's the top of the echelon for his his uh, and, and profile Russell, and size. Russell Wilson's a lot thicker than Bryce Young, and so the, I know, don't know like, if he was when he came in though. Like I know he was smaller. He was he was he had bigger arms. I know he's always had like really big arms, um, but I th his his size though, just like his his height, it, just his height. That's the only similarity. Russell yeah. Wilson did does have had significant weight even coming into the NFL right. on Bryce Young, that, it, and Kyler Murray's the same thing. A lot, lot thicker player, mm -hmm. um, and that's why that's didn't necessarily. And they're a lot more athletic, uh, you know, just as far as dual threat, you know, just. Right, you know, get it good at rushing yards, is, right. you know, projecting the NFL. What, you know. When when I talk to people about Bryce Young, the, the the feeling that I get is that, oh, he's Lamar, Doug Flutie, Andrew Brees, like he's all of these guys. He's 
Justin Fields, he's Lamar, he's, you know, Justin Herbert, like guys, like, I don't, I just don't, I don't see it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, he, he made, he was a great college player. Like, let's, let's not get it. Let's not get like confused about that. He can run dude's got some fucking feet. Like he's got speed to him, but we've only seen that type of quarterback play, you know, produce in shorter windows, at least in this NFL right now, we've seen Lamar get hurt. We've seen Kyler get hurt. Heck, we've even seen Russell Wilson get hurt as as of recently. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a violent game. He's he. I mean, he's not he's not gonna be he's not anywhere near those guys as, as Russia. You know, he's not he's not gonna translate that to the NFL. He's not gonna be but running the ball. I he's gonna, he's, a, he's a chain perception. mover in the NFL. I think maybe. that's the perception though. I re, I really do. And most people that I talk to, they think that he's gonna be that run first type of prototype. Yeah, I know. Well, I I don't think that's that's I don't think that's the case. You know, being his size anyway. You know, I don't think he's going to be rushing. He might be a chain mover downfield. You know, when there's an open lane, but I think he's going to be sitting back there in the pocket, maybe extending it a little bit. I don't see him. You know, necessarily uh, translating significant rushing volume into the NFL. It, it or, you know, so that's just my opinion. You know, I know you know in college he looks a little Run bit different. For his life, but. He's just not that kind of athlete either. You know what I mean? He's a, he's an impressive passer. That's what Bryce Young is, and that's why we're drafting him that early. So we'll see what happens for him. Uh, I I guess I really haven't even almost broached too many more, but, you know, if Houston ends up going to Anthony Richardson, that opens up endless possibilities. But we'll jump into the next one here. Jameer Gibbs, Alabama. You know, actually, you know what? Actually, you know what? We'll go with Jameer Gibbs. You know, I was going to do Will Levis because we were going quarterbacks. Well, we'll dive into Jameer Gibbs here. Expected draft range, 25 to 45. You know, that was my opinion. I see him slipping into that late first round either, or the first 15 picks of the second round. And I loved the Atlanta Falcons, the Miami Dolphins, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, asking, you know, him sliding in with some talent around him on the outside, you know, allows him to you know, kind of slip into that pass-catching role. I would love it. You know, Miami, Cincinnati, high-powered offenses. I couldn't imagine trying to uh, defend him with those wide receivers on the outside, Atlanta Falcons, you know, Arthur Smith is going to want to run the ball heavily. There's room mm-hmm. for Tyler Algier to kind of take a, that, that kind of brunt of that heavy workload up the middle. And yep. then Jameer Gibbs to have a full, pretty much a full workload, you know, uh, working uh, in that Atlanta offense too. So how do you feel about those? Do you have any uh, picks yeah. in that range or do you, no, do you lo- sliding lo- out of that? all of those landing spots? The only other one I'll throw on there was, uh, was Dallas. I think they're picking at 25 or 26. So they, they definitely fit in that range. Well, if they I thought design. he was too similar. I thought he was too similar to Pollard was the only reason I didn't slide him in there. I just think they, they just need another guy there. So yeah. I, I think if they miss on Bijan, I do think that they could take the, the best rookie, uh, rookie running back off the board in their opinion. And I still think that that's glaring, glaringly Jameer Gibbs. Um, and again, it's all going to just depend on, you know, if, if Bijan's off the board, obviously, if he's still there, I, I think we would both assume that they would take him. Um, but Dallas and Miami were my top two spots. So th- those are the ones that I had written down. I also like the Bengals. I think, like you had said, just two high powered offenses. He's going to f- uh, fit right in where he can catch passes, you know, be a weapon in the backfield. And I, I still think he would get some uh, some decent red zone usage even in those teams just because they have, you know, well, at least Miami, like they're not, they're never going to give you that rhyme or reason who's going to be touching the ball with consistency, bringing back Mostert, bringing back Wilson. I think we all expect them to draft a, at least one running back. Maybe it's Gibbs. Um, but I think that he would still have like red zone usage, even though in those offenses, just because, you know, they're going to try to confuse some defenses. I think he has a good profile that where he can mix into both the running and the passing game. So don't be surprised if he gets a good amount of a uh, rookie red zone usage this year. 
Yeah, you know, I, I love all those things you said. And and yeah, you know, I, I don't necessarily, his size, I don't think it's going to prevent him from, you know, running the ball up the middle or anything like that. I just don't know how many, you know, I just think he's not going to get that 20 plus carries a game. That's the only sure, sure. spot I think about Jamar Gibbs. But before I dive into some bad landing spots, I'm going to give one more shout out to our friends over at WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout. And March Madness is here as well, so many so many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournaments in the world, you can win a three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas to hang out with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. The final four watch party is going virtual. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday of final four action, live bets, prize giveaways, and much more. Subscribe to youtube.com sports gambling slash sports gambling podcast and tune in on Saturday. All right. So some of the poor landing spots I had for Jameer Gibbs here, pull them up my screen so that I had the Los Angeles Rams in the early second. Mm-hmm. I had the commanders in the second round and the Houston Texans in their early second round as well. Yeah. I just, you know, those are all second round picks, uh, you know, kind of in those top 15, top 20 picks there. And I just, you know, I just wouldn't love him sliding into these uh, kind of these not great offensive situations with a running back already there, you know, not an established running back. I feel like all these teams are candidates to probably add a running back in the draft. You just wouldn't like to see which of your Gibbs this early, you know, Sharing a backfield with Brian Robinson, you have Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson on the outside. That's a crowded team with not, you know, just not a lot. You know, you don't expect Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett to elevate these offenses. Houston Texans, Damian Pierce, bad offense. So, you know, how do you feel about those? Do you have any other uh, bad landing spots for Jameer Gibbs? Uh, Doug Peterson in Jacksonville has mentioned that they want to draft another running back. I think that that would not be excellent for his fantasy value. They just added Dearness Johnson. Obviously, they have Travis Etienne. They re-signed Jamichael Hasey to an extension. Don't think that would be ideal. Again, just anywhere where there's crowded space. That Houston one really struck a nerve when you brought them up. They have Damian Pierce. They have Devin Singletary now. Obviously, wouldn't be ideal. Um, maybe the Steelers. I mean, you know, They already have Najee Harris. It seems like they like Jalen Warren. Again, just anywhere where the situation is going to be crowded. You had mentioned uh, the Saints is a good landing spot for who was it? it was another running back. Was it Bijan? Yeah, yeah. This that, again, that would be that would be tough for me. Just be adding Jamal Williams. I feel like he's going to get a lot of red zone usage there. So yeah, it, again, anywhere where there's going to be a three headed monster running situation. Again, the Packers are another very good example because it always feels like they will draft a running back for the fun of it. Um, although Aaron won't be there maybe for the draft, so. Maybe they'll uh, they'll let some of the uh, the shade picks uh, you know go a little <laughs> bit later in the draft. That's gonna uh, be so funny if Aaron Rodgers to the Jets doesn't happen. But oh, that's please, a whole nother topic. Please, 
I mean, I, I mean, as a Bears fan, I, I of course want it to happen. I don't want to keep playing up against Aaron Rodgers in the division, but I just think it would be the most Packers Aaron Rodgers thing if it didn't happen. It would be fantastic. And then New York Jets have Randall Cobb and Alan Lazaro and yeah. all these guys. Oh yeah, and then Aaron Rodgers retires. Please. That'd be too funny. After oh, they man, draft Will it. Levis with their uh, their first pick, that would be epic. I, I love the, I love the Packers. They're, they're just and, the and they're perfect for Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Just this whole mess. I love it. Uh, next up here we have Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky. I had his draft range from five anywhere from five to fifteen. I guess I should call. Uh, I guess the Indianapolis Colts very well could take him at four. So that's another uh, possibility. So I should say four to fifteen. Best landing spots I had for him were the Atlanta Falcons, Detroit Lions, and the Indianapolis Colts. Atlanta and Detroit have some very attractive offensive pieces on them. You know, a lot of talent. Drake London, Kyle Pitts. You know, Detroit Lions have Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown. Great backfield, great offensive line. Indianapolis Colts is interesting, too. Um, Shane, is it Shane Steichen? I don't know. I'm not he sure. used to work for the Eagles. That's the guy he used that to I work for the He used to work for the Eagles. The offensive yeah. coordinator last year for the Eagles. So, um, operating, you know, with Jalen Hurts, Will Levis has a lot of dual threat ability, not necessarily, not anywhere near as much as Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. but you know, he's a big bodied guy who can run the ball, runs over people kind of like Josh Allen esque, uh, not, not necessarily that level rusher, but you know, he is going to bring some of that upside to the NFL. So I would be interested to see what he could do in Indianapolis as well. And some of my poor landing spots were the Tennessee Titans and Las Vegas Raiders. I just wouldn't like the ba- Raiders just because, of the fact that Josh McDaniels could end up getting canned this season and the Tennessee Titans just don't have a lot of offensive talent around him to help him develop as a passer. What are some of your thoughts on his landing spots and favorite spots, least favorite? I think favorite would probably be the the Buccaneers because I could see that working. I could see him coming in and potentially beating Trask or um, Baker Mayfield for the job. Good spot where I think he could be a backup would be the Seahawks. Uh, you had mentioned, I think, that for another one of the quarterbacks earlier, Anthony Richardson. feel like he would fit well in that system. I love his deep ball. The guy can drive it down the field. I think he would be a good match with with DK. And like you had mentioned, um, you know, a runner, he can run, but he's not a run-first quarterback. I think that would fit well with their, with their system. They don't ask the quarterback to run a lot, but they do run a lot of play action and do have a lot of uh, deceitful play calling. So Seahawks and Buccaneers would be my top two spots for him. I like, you know, I like those spots as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think, you know, if if somebody like him, you know, if he could end up like reaching his upside, that is dangerous. You know, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay becomes an electric spot again. Mm -hmm. Mike Evans just got on wheels up. It's not like there's a lot of competition in the the division. So, I mean, if you can get one of these guys that you think can come in right now and make a difference or at least just come, come in and compete. I think that Will Levis can compete with Trask and Baker Mayfield for the job. Like, I think it would be a close race. Yeah, I think Will Levis has, you know, he has a lot more upside than either of those passers do. And, you know, I compare him to Zach Wilson. You know, I think he can make every throw very athletic, you know, and Zach Wilson didn't work out. You know, we do we, you know, that's the risk, you know, and they have these those type of guys with those kind of profiles, guys who have can have all the tools in the world, can make every throw, just kind of slow processing, you know, needs to develop as a passer a little bit more. You know, those guys sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Will Levis, you know, prop, you know, just based on, you know, the odds, you know, how we've seen quarterbacks pass, more than likely not going to work out, but the upside is there. He has top, you know, even top five fantasy quarterback upside. You know what I mean? That he's what he might be has more, he has more upside as a passer than anyone in this draft, even. But is he going to get there? That's the biggest question. That's why he's the quarterback four in the draft because he's such a big risk. So next one up here, I believe I have Jackson Smith Najigma as my next mm-hmm. guy up. Do, do, do. Yeah. 
So somewhere, some places I had his draft range from like 10 to 20. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of where I saw him fitting in. So my, my uh, you know, it's relative, these good and bad landing spots. So whereas Houston and New England were bad landing spots for a lot of guys, there's just not a lot of great ones. So, you know, I actually had those as good landing spots for Jack Smith and Jigba. I think his skill set can develop into a top uh, wide receiver target for these teams. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say this is a great landing spot for some of the other receivers in this draft who, you know, might need to play off another uh, wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. I think Jackson Smith and Ajiba can be that guy. There might be some growing pains being the top target already in both of these offenses, but I think, you know, he could develop, you know, he can develop into these top target for Mac Jones, for Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson, as you were saying. So, you know, like I said, you know, if, 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 you know, there's just not a lot of places I loved in that 10 to 20 range where I projected him going, thinking it's a great landing spot, but those are some of my favorite where you could step in and probably get a good amount of targets right away. Mm-hmm. So playing the Homer card, I do have the Bears. It may not be the most uh, or most sexy landing spot, albeit it's not going to be you know a pass first team, right? But I did put him or, or Bijan at nine. It feels like the Bears moving back from number one. They may deprioritize defense a little bit more. Uh, I feel like if they wanted defense, they would have just kept that, you know, that that top pick, probably taking Will Anderson. So I have the Bears first, of course. Um, being a little bit more practical, I could see him going to maybe the Titans or Green Bay. I think that they're still <clears throat> just very hungry at the position. Titans have Traylon Burks. They just let go of Robert Woods, and that's it. So I feel like that's a, definitely a position of target for them. Not a great landing spot because you have Ryan Tannehill there, but I think a great spot for them to just kind of build on that opportunity. Traylon Burks moving on with JSN down the line as Derrick Henry maybe closes out his time in Tennessee in, in either at the end of this season or next, and I think that would be a g- good transition group to move forward with. And then Green Bay – I just think that they're going to need somebody other than Christian Watson. I'm not a big advocate of Romeo Dubes. They obviously already have an established running game. If they are going to move forward with Jordan Love, I think it's probably appropriate to go out and shop for another weapon for the young man because uh, he's going to need a lot of help. So Titans and Green Bay, if I'm not playing the homer card. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I'm gonna, That's going to lead me perfectly. What you Your segue is going to lead me perfectly into my bad landing spots. I have there Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, and Tennessee Titans all as bad landing <laughs> <spots>. <laughs> So it. perfect. I love that. So I have them all as bad landing spots because, yeah, Chicago Bears, low-volume passing offense, DJ Moore's the top target. I just don't mm-hmm. see a big uh, – you know, that's great for the Chicago Bears. That would be – you know, Jet, Wheels up for Justin Fields, not great for Jack and Smith and Jigba's fantasy value. Green Bay Packers, I just don't think Jordan Love can sustain two fantasy consistent fantasy relevant wide receivers with Christian Watson already there. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Tennessee. I just don't think there's a uh, there's just not enough in that pass game for Traylon Burks and JSN to succeed. So, you know, obviously JSN can has the talent profile to get you know be the top target over Christian Watson over Traylon Burks, but it just re- remained to be seen, and they have a year up on him so. Those wouldn't be my favorite spots for him. But next up, I have Jordan Addison. I had his draft range anywhere from 15 to 30, a little bit larger. So some of my favorite spots kind of in that early 20s, Los Angeles Chargers, Buffalo Bills a little bit later on, and the New York Giants. Oh, the Bills. Least favorite spots, Green Bay Packers and the Baltimore Ravens. I would love to see him slot in next to a top wide receiver like Stefan Diggs or Keenan Allen or somebody like that, where, you know, he, he could use some of the, that short area quickness and footwork to, you know, just to get some one cornerback to, you know, get a, I just don't feel like he can command a cornerback one and be, you know, kind of be one of those top targets. So that's why 
I didn't have the uh, New England Patriots. I wouldn't want him to go there, for example. The Green Bay Packers or Baltimore Ravens. I already explained the Green Bay Packers situation. Baltimore, even if Lamar Jackson's there, you know, that's best case scenario for him. And Mm -hmm. we've seen Lamar Jackson struggle to maintain two consistent fantasy wide receivers, just being how run heavy the Baltimore offense typically is. So, you know, where do you see him landing? You know, do you have some favorites, least favorites for Jordan Addison? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been banging the Ravens drum. It's not a good landing spot. It's probably a bad landing spot, I guess, but he's from Maryland. They're picking at 22. He's definitely within that range. They haven't addressed the receiver position enough. I feel like in free agency and in this transition period. So I feel like they are live. Uh, definitely like the chargers you had mentioned. And then who was the other one? They pick after the Ravens, the Vikings, the Vikings, uh, just peeping. I have Zay flowers or Addison going there. Um, again, some uh, a position that I feel like they're still going to be thirsty in, a position I, I do feel that they could continue to pursue during free agency, but it's definitely going to be addressed in the draft. So I could see Zay Flowers or Addison both going to the Vikings. Vikings would be another very interesting landing spot. I, I like that. It, it would just be, you know, he obviously Justin Jefferson, there's such a high target share there. But if Kirk, you know, Kirk Cousins definitely passes the ball. They know that's a pass heavy offense. They could definitely mm-hmm. take on another wide receiver. That actually might open up, you know, that, that, that would open up the whole offense. Actually, I really like that one too. Do, do, do. Next up, Zach Charbonnet. I have, uh, you know, I, I have him probably going, you know, if I had to guess, probably somewhere in that back half of the second round, you know, at, you know, 40 to 60 range mm-hmm. somewhere in there. So, with that in mind, I had him, you know, some of the best landing spots, Atlanta Falcons, Miami Dolphins in the middle of the second round there, I think would be very exciting. You know, just it'd be impossible to dedicate any like run support with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the outside. So he'd be facing light boxes consistently. Atlanta Falcon loves to run the ball. He would be, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know, him and Tyler Algier don't necessarily complement each other, but he does have a, a better talent profile than Tyler Algier. Right. Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Chicago Bears as bad landing spots. You know, just sharing a backfield with Miles Sanders and a bad offense, sharing a backfield with Rashad White and a questionable offense. Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert. You know, I just had, you know, I could see Chicago Bears adding a running. You know, that maybe not the most likely uh, scenario, but you, like you said, you, you, you thought they maybe could take Bijan Robinson in the first. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, they're a candidate to maybe take a running back in the second round and, Although that would be a very exciting backfield for Chicago, I just don't love that for anybody's fantasy value, really. So, yeah. I just think a lot of teams they look at the Eagles and they see that that build as being you know pretty easy to obtain. Like, okay, first we need our you know our franchise quarterback, check. We need to go out and target you know a top receiver for that franchise franchise QB, check. You know AJ Brown, DJ Moore, et cetera, right? You know, I'm not going to call Darnell Mooney, Devonta Smith, but you need somebody that can break open the field, right? You need somebody else behind your top playmaker. I feel like Darnell Mooney fits that 1B instead of being a 1A type of receiver, right? And then you just look at what they did with their running back room. You never knew who they were going to hit you with. Is it Boston Scott? Is it Gainwell? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Miles Sanders? I feel like a lot of teams are are starting to see this and see how few dollars they the Eagles spent on the running back position. And they're like, you know what? we can replicate this. And if you go out and you get a, a, a rookie in this draft, think about the discount you're getting these running backs at. Khalil Herbert's still on a rookie contract. Dante Foreman on a very friendly free agency contract. And then a stud rookie coming in. Like it, it would definitely be a good situation for them, you know, being, you know, the, the leading, you know, rusher uh, champion from last season. 
Yeah, you know, I I love I love you know looking at it. Chicago Bears and Philadelphia have great rushing offenses, but you know Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts are such large parts of that. Mm-hmm. I don't love it for a running back's fantasy value. Now I know. Oh yeah. Well. Run, I know. I know they're going to run the ball anyway, but it's just not. It's just not my favorite landing spot for them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I just. I just don't think it's a great idea for Chicago Bears to add a running back this early in the draft. You know, obviously Philadelphia, you know, they didn't spend significant draft capital on on anybody besides Miles Sanders, and they hadn't done it that recently. So, oh, yeah. So that, that you know that was a few years back. So I think you know Chicago would be smart to grab one of these running backs in the third third to fifth round. You know, continue add on. You know, there's oh, I, a lot of time I would love. Uh, he's not on the list, but I would love if we drafted JSN and then backed it up with uh, your boy Roshan Johnson later on. Oh that would, yeah, that would be fantastic. That would be exciting. That would, that that would be wheels up for the whole Chicago offense. I would love right. that. I wouldn't love that for once again. That would kill my Roshan Johnson value. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would like <laughs> right. that actually, but but yeah. As far as for your team, I would love that. Um, let me look here. Next up. I guess do, 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 I guess I should dive into some of the poor landing spots I had for Zach Charbonnet really quick. And that was the uh, Carolina. Oh, no, I already did that. So, no, I'm sorry. Quentin Johnson. See, I'm, I'm on, med, you know, painkillers and all this stuff from my leg. You know what I mean? Losing Don't stab yourself. <laughs> yes, kids. If you're dropping, if you're dropping stuff, go into the kitchen. Just let it fall. Don't don't let knives get knives in your legs. So. It's been a tough week for me. So thanks for bearing with me, folks. Quentin Johnson, wide receiver, TCU. You know, some of the, I think he could end up being the top wide receiver selected in the draft just because of his profile. You know, being a tall, athletic guy, there's nobody else like him in the draft, especially the top six or seven wide receivers. All of them are a bit undersized, um, except for JSN. And JSN's not, you know, he's not a huge guy by any means like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he just fits that kind of, not necessarily, he's not Mike Evans, but, you know, it's kind of those bigger, bigger wide receiver guys. So, I think, you know, he could end up being a target for New England, Chicago, and that range. But the best landing spots I had for him were Houston and New England. Same thing I had for JSN, just because I think he's going to get selected early. I just don't uh, – there's just not a ton of great landing spots for him. But, you know, I think this could end up being a lot of – even more growing pains than JSN, just because I don't think he's as developed as a receiver. Asking him to be a top target right away could and could end up being a little bit rough but he does have that talent. You know, the talent is there to get into that role eventually. So I had the Houston, New England, where he could get a high target share initially as good spots, Tennessee, Chicago, Green Bay. You know, I feel like I'm always hitting on the same guys, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, all of the, I just question whether he could be fantasy viable consistently for any of these offenses, considering the kind of low volume passing offenses with, you know, ink, you know, unproven passing quarterbacks. So, that, you know, that's where I see him sliding in, probably in that 10 to 20 range as well. How do you feel about that? I had I had circled the Patriots. It, it felt like that they have been hungry for that type of profile. They've been trying to get DeAndre Hopkins. It doesn't feel like they've had any luck with that. So it seems like that's what they're looking for, a big body profile type of receiver right now. Obviously, they just brought in Juju to come out of the slot. So I think that they are looking for that outside uh, big body X receiver. But I'm going to go with a wide receiver U. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe they're at pick 15, uh, replacing Chase Claypool. Uh, obviously, they got back a second-round pick for him. I could see them maybe bumping you know, Deontay Johnson to more of the inside type of um, you know, target share coming out of the slot. Let Kenny Pickens – or Kenny Pickens. <laughs> uh, let uh, Kenny George, Pickens. Kenny Pickens. George, let George Pickens and Quentin Johnson really open up things on the outside and help Kenny Pickett progress in year two 
And that would be so on brand for the Steelers, and I would hate it. I would absolutely <laughs> hate it. Uh, you know, that would be on brand. The Steelers just continuing just to stack wide receivers and ruin and all their fantasy it. value and a low volume. volume doing it the offense. best of anybody, you know what I mean? Just that's uh, how they do. But, yeah, I would hate it for everybody's fantasy. I would tank everybody's fantasy value. I would. That would be awful for the for I, I still think it would be wheels up for, for Kenny DJ. Pickett. Uh, yeah, definitely for Kenny Pickett, but I, you know, again, that also fits the mold of just building around your your quarterback. Like if it's yeah. wheels up for DJ, then that that really is everybody else in that offense is then nothing. I think you know that would be that would be horrible. I just Fantastic. that would be a disaster. You're painting you're painting a disaster in my mind. So I hope that's not the case. I, I have I've drafted too much Deontay well, Johnson for that. You to don't be the case. you think he would be better though in New England? Like you think he put up better stats than he would in Pittsburgh? Well, no, I'm thinking about the cat. I'm thinking of the cataclysm of every, everything else around him. You know, oh, the, okay, the, the, okay. the fallout of Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. You know, and all gotcha. this. So there would know, definitely England, be a George Pickens fallout. That's a fact. That's a there's fact. no. There's no like in New England, he's not crashing anybody's party. You know what I mean? No, no, there's no big Juju Smith Schuster parties. You know what I mean? Or Hunter Henry. You're not going Mike to the Juju Smith Schuster party. What? <laughs> it's it, it would probably would be a fun party. It it's gonna be, be all fun. over TikTok. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. You know, there's a lot of dancing going on. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I just yeah that that I just see him going to those places like Houston. You know, Houston. He's not ruining anybody's fantasy value in Houston. He, yeah, he can slide right in. No, nobody's depending on. You know, GMs but, are here to ruin our fantasy fund. That's that's, sure. that's true. So they, they don't they don't listen to us. So I, I won't factor that in. But we'll see what happens. Zay Flowers next up here. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I actually, before we talk about Zay Flowers, I just want to tell the folks about these you know these best ball drafts that we end up doing and we're talking about on Underdog Fantasy. The Underdog Fantasy is heating up at the moment for March Madness too. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code (laughs) SGPN. Okay, folks, and that's our little mini break. For those maybe listening on the Apple Podcast or Spotify, you maybe just got a little fun little local ad. So with that, we will dive right back into these rookie landing spots. Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. I loved what you said earlier, kind of spitting in that kind of uh, Minnesota Vikings, I think Mm -hmm. would be a great spot for him. Los Angeles Chargers, New York Giants, all spots. He wouldn't have to necessarily be the wide receiver or top target right away. You know, Darren Mm -hmm. Waller and New York, but could, you know, he's just an exciting player, you know, dynamic athlete. Uh, so I, I really like Zay Flowers. I just don't know, you know, just like so many of these guys in this class, you know, at that size profile, seem a little bit more of a gadget, you know, fun, better for NFL value than mm-hmm. he is for actual fantasy football value. And that's my concern for a lot of these wide receivers. But those would be some of my favorite landing spots, least favorite landing spots, Baltimore Ravens, Los Angeles Rams, Indianapolis Colts. What okay. do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much echo the same thing for the, the landing spots, the Vikings, uh, the Chargers. Did we say the Cowboys? I, I did not say the Cowboys, okay, so but I, I would like I, that too. I, would. I think Brandon Cooks would be a good mentor to to, to Zay Flowers. They just brought him in, um, gave up a couple of draft picks to acquire Brandon Cooks. So I could, I, w- I would like that because it feels like they're going to be a very pass-heavy offense. I think he would be a good weapon there. But again, I feel like him or even Jordan Addison, they're kind of interchangeable you know, given their skill sets and where they're going to be going off the board. Um, bad landing spots. Yeah. Anywhere where someone can't throw to the slot. 
I had I had the Baltimore Ravens just because you know just yeah. where, even with even they with run. Lamar Jackson, yeah, just yeah. run heavy. Rashad you, Bateman on the outside. You had mentioned the Giants too. Like I don't like the Giants. They are they have a very full room right now. They they brought back Sterling Shepard. They signed Paris Campbell. They have Isaiah Hodgins. It's a they, it's a it's a literally a full room, but it's not like you know. There's nobody intimidating in that room. Well, yeah, but room. but at the same time, like there's just a lot of mouse to feed, and you don't have a pass first quarterback. You have you know what I mean, like or a pass first offense, let alone. Uh, Who else did they sign? They signed Jamison Crowder. Like, dude, they won't stop. They won't stop. Nobody like none of these guys are just like you know. They all play the same position. They're not. They're not I know. What are they doing? What are they doing? Stop it! Stop it! They have I mean, some receivers for the rest of us. I mean, they had nothing last year, so they need they need like, to go more of the quality over quantity. Is what they need to do. Apparently so. Apparently so. Uh, next, the next rookie I had up here was Devon Aching. So, mm-hmm. I I love this guy. You know, despite his size, you know, I think he could. You know, he's only about five nine. You know, one hundred eighty something pounds. Mm-hmm. But you know, he just runs different. You know, you expect to want to criticize his uh, his running up the middle. You know, his short line work. But you know, he's an aggressive. You know, he powers over people. Actually, I really like uh, you know him. I don't think he's going to get it twenty touches. You know, same in Jameer Gibbs. I don't think he's going to excel in a twenty touch per game role or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I do think ten to fifteen touches a game. He does have some PPR upside. Best landing spots: Miami Dolphins, Tennessee Titans, and Arizona Cardinals. I actually thought he could succeed in Tennessee. Just being complimenting off Derrick Henry in a very run-heavy offense, I think he could definitely do that. Actually, um, you know, he could come out of the backfield catching passes. My, same thing in Miami, wouldn't be asked to carry a heavy workload with all those running backs. Could just be, excel at what he does best. Arizona Cardinals too. Once that offense gets humming with Kyler Murray coming back, recovering, so loved all those spots. Worst landing spots. Washington Commanders, Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams, just spots where I see, you know, a crowded backfield with not a lot of not a lot of offensive success to, you know, with mm-hmm. for, for multiple running backs to be fancy viable. So that's just my thought process behind that. Chicago Bears might be the exception there. The offense could be humming, but there's just that, you know, you have Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman. That's just, you mm-hmm. know, that's an exciting backfield. Once again, not great for fantasy, though. I agree. So I had the Cardinals down. They were my top pick. I think that he would be a very good 1B to James uh, James Conner. I think that they would use him in a lot of gadgetry type of roles, like you had mentioned, come up with some creative ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, if you're going to be nursing in um, you know, a bridge quarterback with Kyler Murray gone, I think like you know that type of profile and that type of asset will be important to protect the passing game and to come up with creative you know, ways to get chunk plays. Bad landing spot. I'll be lazy again and go back with the Jags. Like I, anywhere again, it's just really simple. If it's crowded, like you're obviously going to say stock is down. It's it's not as good of a fruitful opportunity. Yeah, you know, and the Jags are another team. You know, it doesn't make sense, but you know, it, it kind of does for like for when we he, think about what NFL teams does. Kind of like a Doug Peterson type of guy. You know, yeah, like, you know it exactly. You know, and these running these teams like don't aren't drafting for fantasy purposes. You know what I mean? So yeah, they, I could see them adding someone like Devon A chain in this third round or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what? No. So uh, I think, uh, and then, you know, Travis Etienne, that would obviously not, you know, I think that would limit obviously his passing game role. So, you know what I mean? That, that absolutely. would, you know, he only, and, he, I, and he wasn't used a ton in the past. No, that's what I mean. Year, he has never, he's never gotten it. So super it would, peculiar, super, it would be the nail in the coffin. So it's, it's interesting, you know, so all these landing spots, I'm sure they will vastly affect our fantasy football rookie rankings, which we will be discussing plenty over this month. Justin, you working on anything this week? When's the podcast with Andrew? 
Uh, we got one uh, Tuesday evening with uh, Mr. Michael Florio of the NFL Network. Ooh, and, that's uh, a big guest. That's fun. That is. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a ton of fun. It's a Heroes Week on the Heroes and Villains podcast. And on Thursday, we have uh, Pete Overset of the Establish the Run brand coming on to do a draft with us. So oh, we're going to wow. do a, a best ball draft on Thursday. I like the establish uh, the run as well with Adam Leviton and everything mm -hmm. that, you know, that's a great group of guys too. So yeah, that'll be great. My, yeah. man, you got a star studded lineup coming in this week. That's a lot of fun. Be checking out SGPN for all of that stuff. Yes, sir. I will. I'll be back here next Sunday talking fantasy football. You know, I release, you know, articles all over, you know, on my, you know, TWSN SGPN pl uh, player profiler, I do a podcast for the Fantasy Football Faceoff Network as well, so you can keep a lookout for all of that. Thank you for joining me, everybody. Thank you, Justin, for having me. Or you know, I'm other way around. See, you know, I see this. Well, this is what's happening this week. I'm done. I, I I need to go nurse this knife wound in my leg. I'm losing it. I, I didn't get sleep last night, so this is this is probably a great time for me to go ahead and sign off. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your weekend. <laughs> see you guys.